Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Deuteronomy 8.17 says this, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. How often when things are going great in our lives that we are deceived into thinking it was our wisdom, our strength, our ability, our talents, but it isn't. It's God's grace on our life. It's such a blessing to experience success in life, to have our talents recognized, our efforts rewarded, but it can also open doors that we shouldn't enter. The minute you start to pat yourself on the back for all that prosperity, you deny the fact that God is the author of everything. As we'll see today, a king will become strong, get comfortable, and abandon the laws of the true king of kings. At some point in our lives, we have all found ourselves puffed up with pride, feeling like we can take on the world and win every time. But without God, we lose. Even if things continue down a path of prosperity, in the end the choice comes down to obedience. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 1 for part one of our message entitled, God is on our side. Tonight we're going to see that the leadership of the northern tribes tries to make sin healthy by adding a little bit of dead religion. We will see that it smells bad, it tastes bad, and it just simply is bad. We're in a period of time in Israel's history in which Israel divided into really two nations. We have the nation of Israel in the north and the nation of Judah here in the south, Judah had two tribes, Benjamin. Up in the north, we have the other ten tribes. Now, the problem comes that this book that we're reading, Chronicles, will focus really, other than a little bit of glimpse, at the bottom part. All of this will go through. And we'll see in a moment that we do have a glimpse of the north, but we won't get much of that anymore. The, the book of Chronicles, again, is, is given to us to show us what God's going to do through the nation of Judah, how David isolated that, the promises were given to David, and from that will come the Messiah. Let's look at chapter 12, verse 1. Now, after Rehoboam's position as king, now remember, Rehoboam is of Judah in the south, was established and he had become strong, he and all Israel with him abandoned the law of the Lord. So we see Solomon's son, Rehoboam, beginning the same roller coaster ride spiritually that his father did. 
Back in 2 Chronicles 11, 17, it told us that there was three years of really walking in the ways of David and Solomon and God. So for three years in the southern half, down there in that southern half that you saw down here, they were doing terrific. They were worshiping God, neat things were happening, they were obedient to the things of God. And because of that, notice in verse 1, he had become strong, the king had been established, the nation was really in a time of prosperity. But now, Rehoboam, the leader, becomes prideful. He becomes cocky. He doesn't need God anymore in his life. Success can be a great danger in our lives. And I'm not just speaking about the church. I'm speaking about you also and myself. Deuteronomy 8.17 says this, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. How often when things are going great in our lives, that we are deceived into thinking it was our wisdom, our strength, our ability, our talent. But it isn't. It's God's grace on our life. Reminds me of the story of the flea riding on the elephant. They came to a big ravine, and there was one of those long wooden bridges. I hate them. The elephant and the flea crossed together, because the flea was riding on the elephant. And after getting across the bridge, the flea said that, We really shook that bridge, didn't we? I don't think so. You see, in our lives, we don't shake anything. It's God through us. And we see that danger of a great start. Three years, solid, worship, obedience, God's blessing. Whoops. Three years. No discipline now. Great start. But we're going to see through his life tonight, the same roller coaster ride we saw with his father, he didn't learn anything. And second, we'll see not a very well finish. Remember, we're in a constant battle. I was talking to one of the pastors yesterday, and two names of families that less than four or five months ago in this fellowship. You know, we have thousands of people, but I watch, pastors watch. We look at people. I don't know where they're at tonight. They're gone. They're not serving God, I know that. How did that happen? Two ways. They minimize the power of Satan and their flesh and the world's influence. And they didn't realize the need for continued self-control and being alert. Turn with me to 1 Peter. Just keep your finger there. We'll be right back. I think it's very important that we remind ourselves, you know, we talk about it all the time, we speak about it, but we are in a war. And there needs to be that discipline and that understanding of God's, just the things, the Bible study and the prayer and being accountable. We have in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, a command. 
I think it's interesting that it's a command from Peter, who was always the guy that was a little cocky and would mouth off before brain would be engaged. You remember one day, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, Satan's desired to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you. 1 Peter 5.8 says this from Peter, Be self-controlled through the Spirit and alert, common sense, understanding of spiritual things. Your enemy, the devil, some of you would like to put something after that comma, somebody's name, it's the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to what? Devour. Not just hassle, not give you a headache, but to devour us, to steal, to kill, to destroy. And these families I'm talking about are families that were here fairly consistently for quite a period of time. They're not serving God today. In fact, I found out from one of the situations, and I'm going to go see what I can do to get a hold of them. But see, how does that happen? The same way, there's no self-control. They're not alert, and at, at a weak time, Satan comes in. The danger you and I have to look in our own lives is, that, well, can that really happen to me? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. And it does. And it will continue to happen. So we must be alert. We must be understanding the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And that's why I'm going to challenge you again. Make sure you're in some kind of a small group. Don't be a lone ranger in this church. It's a dangerous place to be. Now let's go back to St. Chronicles. Notice, it says when Rehoboam abandoned God, he didn't do it alone. The whole kingdom followed him. Look at He and all Israel with him abandoned the law of the Lord. Now, let's just go back to 1 Kings 14 because I want you to see what abandon means. You say, well, what does that mean? Do they stop having sacrifices? Or look how incredibly difficult or how far they, they left God. 1 Kings chapter 14, look down in verse uh, 22. This is the tribe of Judah now, you know, ruled by Rehoboam. Remember in the north, there wasn't one good king ever in the north. There's a few good ones in the south, but look at here. Judah, speaking as a nation at a whole, did evil in the eyes of the Lord. By the sins they committed, they stirred up his jealous anger more than their fathers had done. So it's worse. Reading on. They also set up for themselves high places, sacred stones, Asheroth poles. In other words, all these pagan gods. On every high hill and under every spreading tree. There were even male shrine prostitutes in the land. The people engaged in all the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. Now, what were those practices? Homosexuality. So here, it'd be like us. Just picture this tonight. Three years. We're just doing terrific. 
We're growing. We're praising God. Neat things are happening. Then we get prideful. We abandon God. The next thing you know, there's male and female prostitutes outside this door. We don't come here to worship anymore. We have pagan gods at all kind of places. We have homosexuality rampant through. The, you'd say, well, that, that's impossible. That's exactly what happened. Three years and boom. Why? Pride. Because they began to see, the leader began to take the credit to himself. Now, going back to Second Chronicles chapter 12, this is, a, this is a dangerous thing for leadership. Those of you that are home group leaders, small group leaders, any kind of leadership, teach it. Man, we have an awesome responsibility because the leader, Rehoboam, went bad and the people followed him. We have to be careful. Look at verse 2. Because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem in the fifth year of King Rehoboam with 1,200 chariots and 60,000 horsemen and the innumerable troops of the Libyans, Sukites and Cushites that came with him from Egypt. And he captured the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem. Now you remember Rehoboam all through that area in southern Israel had fortified those cities because he expected warriors to come. And so he had built up all those physical cities and uh, kind of just, you know, made sure the protection was there and this one over here and guarded the road and did all these things. But because of their sin, Judah is standing there and he thinks, especially Rehoboam, he thinks these physical things are going to protect him from the enemy. Well, that was a joke. What happened is God removed his protection. doesn't matter what the fortified city is. You remove God's protection from our life, we're in trouble. That's what happened. There was pride. And because of that pride, Judah and Rehoboam are going to experience the Egyptians. Their sinning ways are followed by God's judgment and his destruction through Egypt. God is to be our protector, not things, not people, not money or any company. We've shared with you before, if your confidence tonight is in your security system at home, good luck. If it's in the company you work for, good luck. If it's in your wisdom, if it's in your health, our confidence is to be in God. Psalm 91.2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Who are you looking to tonight for protection? It needs to be God. Remember Proverbs 16.18, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. So that's exactly what happened. Here comes the fall. Egypt comes in. And you're going to see what they do to the nation. Down in verse 5. Then the prophet Shehemiah came to Rehoboam and to the leaders of Judah who had assembled in Jerusalem for fear of Shishak. And he said to them, this was the godly prophet, this is what the Lord says. You have abandoned me. Therefore, you might want to underscore these words, I now abandon you to Shishak. You and I never want to hear those words. We hear that in the New Testament. 
Remember the man that was sinning and sexually in the church, and the church in Corinth was kind of looking at it and saying, hey, cool, that's fine, we're, we're open-minded. Paul said, no, you get rid of the man. If he won't repent, you get rid of him. Turn him over to Satan for destruction until he comes to his senses. Then he came to his senses. So this is what God did. He says, because you guys have abandoned me, I'm turning you over, I'm limiting it, but I'm turning you over to the enemy to learn a lesson. Verse 6, the leaders of Israel and the king, circle the word, humbled themselves. And they said, the Lord is just. What they said was this, we deserve what we're getting. You see, when we sin, the very thing that we all do, there's not a person here that doesn't do this. When we sin, the first thing we want to do is be like a cat. We want to cover it over. Not me, not me. But when you cover it over, it gets bad. See, it's not going to heal. And so these guys, humbling just doesn't mean they got in their faces and went, hey God, we're wrong. I believe there was sincere repentance. They had just had the enemy come in their land and they're saying, okay, you're not bad, God. You're really just. Notice, it could have destroyed them, but God was gracious. So it's a lesson for you and I always that when we're confronted with our sin, first by God and then sometimes by people, depends on how far it goes, and we've all been there, remember the smart thing to do, the quicker we take care of the problem, the better we start sleeping at night. Is it humbling to admit we've sinned? Is it? I hate it. I don't like to admit I'm wrong or I sin, but we do. So admit it. Get on with it. That's what they did. They admitted it. They realized that God was just. In verse 7, Now when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, see, God was watching, this word of the Lord came to Shemamiah. Since they have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them, but will soon give them deliverance. Now if they hadn't, it had been a long, hard time of learning the lesson. So again, the sooner you repent, the sooner I repent, the quicker healing comes, the quicker God's grace comes, let's get the punishment over. It's going to come. We deserve it. We need it. Sin, when it's finished, has trouble in our lives. It brings junk. He said, my wrath will not be poured out on Jerusalem through Shishak. They will, however... Become subject to him. Why? Because I'm angry at them. No. So that they what? May learn the difference between serving me and serving the kings of the other lands. So let's be teachable. Even though we learn, we're going to know that whatever we sow, we, we reap. I wish that law wasn't there, but it is. Now, is there a difference between serving God and serving Satan? It's his grace, his mercy. God wants to bless us. He wanted to bless him. He didn't want to do this, but he knew he had to do it. Verse 19. Now, when Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem, he carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything. He moved that Hertz Renovan right up and just... Loaded the gold in, and off he went, including the gold shields that Solomon had made. Verse 10, 
The gold shields are gone, so King Rehoboam makes bronze shields. Now remember, bronze is a sign of judgment. <laughs> Every time he holds a shield up, what's he thinking about? Hmm, should have been gold, they're not bronze. To replace him and assign these to the commanders on guard at the duty entrance. Whenever the king went to the Lord's temple, the guards went with him, bearing the shields, and after read, they returned them to the guard room. Because Rehoboam humbled himself, the Lord's anger was turned from him, and he was not totally destroyed. Indeed, there was some good in Judah. You might want to circle that word good. We won't see too much more. Now, the reason for this good is, this is the writer just saying, from this little bit of good, this little bit of remnant, will come Judah and its kings, a few good ones, eventually the Messiah. Verse 13, King Rehoboam established himself firmly in Jerusalem and continued as king. He was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name. His mother's name was Nama. She was an Ammonite, so there was another pagan. Verse 14, he did evil because he had not set his heart on seeking the Lord. So here we go again. Doing good, doing bad, humbled, punished, doing good, doing bad again. Same roller coaster. Remember, King Saul really had a hard heart. King David had a soft heart. King Solomon had a divided heart. And Solomon's son, King Rehoboam, also had a divided heart. 15 and 16 just tell us a little bit about some other history of him. Let's look at chapter 13. In the 18th year of the reign of Jeroboam, Abijah became king of Judah. So now we have the next king coming along. It's Abijah. And that's the son of Rehoboam. Verse 2. And he reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother's name was Maka, a daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. And there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Now, we know from 1 Kings 15 that really, overall, Abijah was an evil king. It says in 1 Kings 15:3, He committed all the sins his father had done before him. His heart was not devoted fully to the Lord, as the heart of David, his father, had been. So there's an important thing here, and I just want to challenge you that are parents here tonight once again. You want to be a godly parent. You want to be godly grandparents because our children should be imitating, copying those good things. Solomon really had a divided heart. Rehoboam has a divided heart. Abijah, his son, has a divided heart. It just goes down the path. So parents, Learn. Be a guy, a gal, a mom, a dad that has a heart for God. Now, some of you students and children can say, well, you know, my dad made me do it. My mom made me do it. No, you know enough now. Even many of you come from a home that's not a Christian home, but God saved you by his grace. You found your way here. You're serving God. In today's message from Second Chronicles, we saw how success can become a danger in our lives. For Rehoboam, he began to attribute all the blessings on Israel as coming from his own hand instead of God's. Pastor Mark reminded us how Scripture warns that Satan is constantly prowling around, looking for an opening where he can enter our lives. 
Taking our eyes off God and looking to ourselves for success is one of those ways. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues through Second Chronicles where we begin to see people turning away from God. The Lord will lift His hand of protection from Judah and the tribes will fall into a civil war. We see that there is only one choice that is ultimately important in our lives, and that's whether or not we seek to have a heart devoted to the Lord. We will see through history what happens without Him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.